On this episode, we discuss Chaos Walking. And joining us as a special guest, Mr. Chaos Walking himself, Christopher Walken. How are you doing, Christopher? Having a great time, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> so is he a robot? <laughs> Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Oh, hey there, Dan. It's me, Stuart Wellington. Back again. And also <laughs> back again. I don't know why Stuart got to the back again credit, but I'm also <laughs> back again. And so is Dan. Is Elliot Kalin, me. We're all back again. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we all saw the the recording listed on our calendars, and mm-hmm. we clicked the link for the Zoom meeting, and we're back again. So uh-huh. now we're back again. Detective Muldoon back again. Uh-oh, we were trying to get out of the detective job, but we got pulled back in for one last case. That's right. Back again is back again in back again. <laughs> this this fall on NBC, every episode he's back again. He keeps trying to quit, but uh-huh. they won't let him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Nathan Fillion as back again. Oh man. But it's the three of us in a trench coat and Nate with a Nathan oh, Fillion mask to be on top. Yeah. Nathan mm-hmm. Fillion. Yeah, oh, okay. we're Nathan Fillion, which is the substitute Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Well, we haven't missed a beat. Okay, well, this is a podcast <laughs> where we watch a bad movie and we talk about it. And uh-huh. uh, for this episode, we all watched a film that... Um, did this get released to theaters, or was this it only was, put I on... believe, released in theaters, but let me uh-huh. double-check that. I have a friend I mean, named this is Pedia, of... Wikipedia, and let's take a look what he says about it. Yeah, this yeah, is one of those ones that was meant to be a much bigger release, though. It was and, released uh, on March 5th, 2021 okay. in the United States, and previously on February 24th in South Korea. Uh, okay. was previously scheduled to be released in 2019, but was delayed to accommodate reshoots. That was a bad idea, because then they scheduled yeah. it during the pandemic, and it was delayed yet again. Yeah. But it's back again. Well, they were doing reshoots for like two or three years, right? I sure? think they started reshooting it back in like 2017. They actually began reshoots before they began shoots. That was the trouble uh-huh. production of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, this has been through a lot of... I mean, let's just talk about it. This movie's called Chaos Walking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaos Walking. There, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been... So, Charlie Kaufman wrote the original screenplay for this a long time ago, I presume that much of that has been, or, or most of it, if not all, has been thrown out because he does not receive any uh, guild credit for it. Um, Probably, and then, well, it's originally originally based on a young adult novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was published so, and, back in 2008. Yeah, and then he, it looks like, yeah, he probably adapted it first, and then a, a little enough is used of that that he receives no on-screen credit. Since it was published back in 2008, do you think that like the publisher's like, well, there's this hot new bad movie podcast called The Flophouse out there. Maybe mm-hmm. if this mm-hmm. does well, we can make a movie. <laughs> Someday. Yep. Someday. And with, with every delay, they God kept being willing. like, we just got to hope they keep doing the podcast. We got we got to <laughs> yeah. hope against hope these three knuckleheads continue for over a decade to keep doing this podcast. Nothing better to do. Nothing, mm-hmm. apparently. Uh, but uh, but Doug Lyman is the director, but the reshoots, I believe, were done by also Fede Alvarez, who did the Evil Dead remake and Don't Breathe, and, you know, Doug Lyman, obviously, of 
Born Identity, uh, Swingers Go, Edge of Tomorrow. You got big stars in this like Daisy Ridley, Tom Holland, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. We're mad about Mads. Mm-hmm. A lot of talent. I can't was believe you mentioned Mads third at uh-huh, this yeah. film. Well, I mean, he is. I would say. The and, third lead, he's the lead and, villain, and, though. Da- and David Oyelowo, who like is a Oscar nominee, did he win? I mean, did we he can win for Selma? He did about... not win. I don't think he, for for Selma. You mean? I think he did not win yeah. that year. But but uh, so this 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 is a movie that and Cynthia Revo, like it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, got, yeah. That's true. Uh, Although her part is very small. Cavalcade yeah. of talent. Now there's a lot of talented people. It's got a great pedigree, and yet something doesn't quite work. Is this uh-huh. movie? Chaos walking, or is it merely chaos boring? That's a question oh. we'll answer today on the Flophouse. But first, do you want to take Colgate. another pass? You want to take another pass at that one, Elliot? Oh, okay. Uh, is is this chaos walking going to get a chaos drubbing from the Flophouse boys? First, mm. a word from Syrup. Hey, what are you putting on your pancakes? <laughs> well, oh, Not wow. Syrup? What's going on with you? Put Syrup on those pancakes. That is uh, a huge new sponsor we got. The yeah, whole, like, <laughs> just like the idea of Syrup. Yeah, yeah, it's for like, the National <laughs> Syrup Council. Unfortunately, the nation that it's the Syrup Council of is North Korea. So, hey, North oh. Koreans, what are you putting on your pancakes? You don't have any pancakes? That's terrible. What a tasteless joke for me to make. Name? Okay, guys, let's <laughs> keep going with the episode. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and we're going on. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, Stuart, you want to take us through this movie? What's it about? Because oh, the absolutely. title doesn't really the title doesn't really tell you very much. So when you you, you obviously you're at the movie theater, you have your tub of popcorn, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What the fuck is this <laughs> movie going to be about?" It's called firmly <laughs> ensconced in it, warm <laughs> yeah. and buttery. Yep, and you're like, I hope nobody hears my thoughts because that doesn't happen in real life. So uh, the movie opens with a title card that is a quote that ex- gives sheds a little light on the title. The quote is, wait, I wrote it down wrong in my notes because I didn't want to rewind, but I have it here on my phone. I'm just going to vamp for a second. So what's up with you, Elliot? <laughs> is that you vamping? I think that's- okay, I mean, I'm back in the game. Okay, so the title the card The audience reads, will never know what's up with me. Yeah. <laughs> The noise is a man's thoughts unfiltered, and without a filter, a man is just chaos walking. And you're like, Mm. you read that and you're like, oh, okay, so somebody famous said that. Nope. It is attributed to unknown New World Settler, a character made up for the movie. Yep. And at first you see that quote and you're like, oh, he's talking about Twitter. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Mm. oh man, who put a man, we're all we're all wound up today. So the movie opens in outer space, perfect. Uh, <laughs> it is a perfect place for a movie to end. I mean, if if you if you expand the definition far enough, every movie opens in outer space because it's <laughs> yeah. all on planets. You That's know? true. Elliot got me again. Uh, so the movie begins in outer space. We fly onto we, you know, we get closer to the planet. It it the card reads that it is the new world. 2257, so right around the corner. Yep, uh, and this, this this planet has been given the imaginative name of New World. New uh, World. I guess because the colonists in their generations-long uh, voyage over here were watching nothing but New Girl. And mm-hmm. that they just that was all that they thought of. And they said to honor the the sitcom that so entertained them during the many decades of tra- space travel, uh, they named it after that, I'm guessing. And, I mean, I think... I think the wish is that the men in this movie behaved a little bit more like Nick and a little less like Schmidt, but we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're introduced to Todd Hewitt, who's just hunting around in the forest with his dog, Manchi. He kills some giant bugs, and the whole time we are hearing constant narration from him, but it turns out that's not just narration, that's his thoughts. On this planet, human men 
uh, their thoughts are heard aloud, and their head uh, emits like uh, like illusions sort of a or like a vapor, like yeah, it's a like corona. A, it's like a holographic cloud that follows uh-huh. men around and, and allows you to see their thoughts. And this is Tom Holland who's playing Todd Hewitt. He's Tom really, Holland, yeah, and he's really breaking. He's breaking normal form here by playing kind of like a nervous. Young, anxious, nebbish guy who, like, mm-hmm. is always kind of telling himself he's saying the wrong thing and is constantly second guessing himself. And it's true. I'll, I'm just going to jump in and say that one of the things you figure out right away is that this movie is not doing a fa- they're trying, but they're not doing a fantastic job of representing at least what it is like to me to think because most of the yes. thoughts that you hear are just him stating what's going on or reacting immediately in full sentences to things. And he very rarely, like, his mind doesn't. He doesn't have a stream of consciousness so much. It's more like uh, he has like jo- Joel and the bots are in his brain, mm-hmm. just kind of commenting on things that happen around him. Right. You know? I mean, like, yeah. The, I, I, you know, I, I, I do not presume to be inside other people's minds. I, mm-hmm. I know that. Many so not people... like the Danzig song "Possession," which is entirely well, that, about that. But many or people, the like, character mastermind, think in different ways. Uh, but I know that my uh, thoughts are more in the vein of sort of a constant inner monologue rather than sort of like, you know, later on he like sees Daisy Ridley and he's like, yellow hair, yellow hair, pretty girl. Like it's all yeah. like just like little phrases. Yeah, it's like the dogs from Up. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Everybody, yeah, I mean, and in a way men are basically the dogs from Up, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. but they're walking on two legs. But yeah, it's a very, so keep in mind when we're talking about his thoughts, it's very like, um, yeah, it's it doesn't fit, fit. The most accurate thing about thoughts that came to me during the movie was there's a scene later on where an old man is sleeping and it's, he's just having dreams about baseball that are very mm-hmm. loud. And I was like, yeah. yeah, okay, I buy that. Yeah, okay, yeah. this this I buy. You know. So we're introduced to this. Uh, we're introduced to this little world. He lives in a like a settlement that is. Uh, I I haven't checked, but I I think uh, comic artist Simon Roy deserves royalties for this because it's this like. Kind of, uh, you know, kind of futuristic, but also like kind of uh, like Old West. Uh, it's this colony that's made up entirely of men. Uh, we're introduced to this like super intense preacher character played by David Oyelowo, uh, whose name I'm sure I'm butchering at this point. Um, we are introduced to Nick Jonas, who is doing a really good job of playing an unlikable person. I mean, it's probably it's just a, it must be such a huge stretch for him, but he manages to pull it off perfectly. Wow. I don't know enough about Nick Jonas to know if that's a, a solid dig or not. I just I, don't wait, know. What do you mean him. a dig, Elliot? I'm I'm saying this honestly. I don't know what's wrong with you. Can you see my thoughts today? What's going on? Does, so he is playing like a very stereotype, typical though. Like just like this is the bad guy who is. A like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, an idiot, probable sexual assaulter. Like, yep. I, like, I mean, speaking of which, content warning. There's a lot in this movie, like about violence against women. Uh, multiple animals die. We will be talking. So about many horses this. die. I was like, they're really leaning into the walking part of this title. <laughs> yeah, but it is funny. To, like, Audrey has gotten me into Shaking the voice. Shaking my head. Shaking and my head. So- I'm, the, I'm, I'm the guy who made the joke about how North Koreans suffer from famine and I'm, and I'm shaking my head at yeah, that one too yeah watching nick jonas uh yeah in this role is very very strange it's like wait you're supposed to be like you know telling some young artist some bullshit that makes it seem like you care about saving them from america's wrath uh mm-hmm. as a singer rather than uh you know wearing a big duster and 
and licking your lips ominously. He does lick his lips a lot. And also we meet uh, Nick Jonas's father in this movie, who is the mayor of the town, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. We love him. Flophouse fave here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, pl- he's, not, he, he's, he's the mayor, but his name is David Prentice, and the town is called Prentice Town. Uh-huh. So David Prentice, like- which is one of those great sci-fi names that you just love. Like George <laughs> Lucas must have written that down and been like, how did I miss that one? Oh, man. Perfect. Oh, man. Um, and he and the mayor is kind of, uh, you know, he, he has this uh, he's almost like a father figure role model for our hero uh, for a brief period of time before, before we realize he's the baddie. Um, before you, uh, before the, you, before the uh, I mean, when you realize he's a bad guy long before yeah, Tom Holland played by it. Mads Mikkelsen, he's got a big scar in his and, and, he said, and, he says, and he wears a cool coat and he giant, says yeah, and he says to coat. tom holland men need to kill and gives him a knife like so you <laughs> yeah. know he's a bad guy yeah. almost instantly you know but, but so, tom holland takes a long time to figure that out so todd uh lives on a beet farm with his uh two adoptive fathers played by kurt Souther and returning flophouse fave damien bashir hey so close, how you doing yeah. Oh man, we got so many names in this movie. So he, uh, like, he wanders around a bunch. Uh, you know, we we learn a little bit about the town, and then of course, now we go into outer space where Daisy Ridley from the Star Wars movies comes from, and she is. With- <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if Daisy Ridley comes from space, other than again in the Check larger the tapes, sense. Check the tapes, Dan. She's always in space. She's got where- the same accent as all the people from space in the movies, so that's, that's a space true. accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's on. Uh, she's on like a landing pod, uh, and they are uh, they are heading toward the. Co- they're heading toward the planet. They we learn that the colony has been cut off from the rest of humanity for some time. Uh, that, that they were late in arriving, and this uh, this pod is landing. And as it uh, gets through the atmosphere, this like energy wave hits the pod, and all the men start experiencing the noise, which is when they're. Uh, did, did I address that? It's called the noise. The noise. Yeah, it's is called when the. No- yeah, in the opening quote, it's called the noise. And now you maybe think that don't now uh, it's not as bad as if they were affected by the noid, which would ruin all their pizzas. Mm-hmm. Instead, uh-huh. this merely makes their thoughts come out loud, and they get disoriented and crash their spaceship. Elliot, <laughs> this is why. Uh, I mean, there are many reasons why we're friends, but I. W- before you said that, I in my head was thinking. Avoids the noise? Is that <laughs> anything? That's, a, that's something, yeah, yeah. Well, let's well, work yeah. on it. Dan, you can make up for it, but I've been trying in my head to figure out a Ridley Walker, Daisy Ridley, chaos walking <laughs> joke, and I cannot figure out the math on it. So mm-hmm. maybe you can maybe you can pick that well, one up. Well, you know, let's open it up to the listeners. Uh, if there's any scientists in the audience who can make that work. Uh, you know, uh, make this joke. It's like in Apollo 13 when they put all the pieces out and they're like, we need to make this fit in this. Here are your mm-hmm. pieces. Daisy Ridley, Chaos Walking, Ridley Walker by Russell Hoban. Those are the pieces you have. Just figure out a joke to make out of it. There's there's yeah. plot similarities. Just see if you can get it done. So this uh, this pod uh, quietly crashes in the forest behind Todd's podcast, farm. Yes, it is quietly crashing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and it raises a question because it does crash quietly, and it asks the question: If a if a space pod crashes in the woods and there's no one around to hear it, does it make a noise? I don't know. It did, uh, it did make it the did noise. In the movie. I mean, it made uh, the noise because that's what crashed right. them. But yeah, yep, you got me. Uh, I didn't realize you were doing trick questions now. Elliot. It is. Uh, so, you guys, have you seen that movie Noises? It's the musical about <laughs> the the guy, the, uh, the young guys who start a union about noise. <laughs> mean, you know, or the sequel Noises Off. There is power yeah, in a yeah, union. Noises off. Decibel power. The more mm-hmm. people who can yell together, the louder yeah. they'll be. Mm-hmm. Hey, when you got a hundred voices singing, who can hear a lousy whistle blow? That's from Newsies. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so Todd, no, uh, I think he, yeah. So do you want? <laughs> okay, well, it's done. Um, so Todd, <laughs> Todd thinks he's chasing a thief. Of course, instead he finds the crash shuttle. He goes Guys, to town. Yep. Sorry. I, sure. Yeah. Did, did this bother you? Because it bothered me. So Daisy Ridley is part of this second wave of colonists that they, uh-huh. you know, like they're like, oh, they've they must be excited that we're coming you know it's been so Mm -hmm. long we should have been here much earlier and she crashes and the first thing she does is like sneak into town like steal something and then run away from the person like wouldn't she like walk straight to town and just ask for help like well here's this is mm -hmm. something that bothered me that i want to talk about yes which is that we know she can talk we know she can pilot a spaceship but as soon as she lands on the planet she is suddenly Nell or what's her name from the Fifth Element? Suddenly yeah. she is refused. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want Lulu to talk. Lulu multipass. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Lulu multipass. You use her to get on certain through toll booths, uh, and so to get to get through the highway parts. Uh, so it's like they, suddenly she is acting like one of these like uh, alien or you know savage women that you see in movies who is like. The, I, the, uh, there was a video I watched a while ago online about it where the guy refers to it as born sexy yesterday, where they're like mm. sexy women that a man has to kind of teach how to uh, civilization, basically, yeah. teach yeah. how to talk. And she starts acting like this, and it's very weird. So she's in a barn uh, later, and Tom Holland is like, it's okay, it's okay. Like, I'm not going to hurt you, I'm not going to hurt you. And she's like, huh, 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 huh. And it's like, but I don't understand why she's not just talking to him and saying, what's going on here? I'm, I came with the other settlers. It's very strange. It doesn't really It feels exist. like there's a scene missing where she encountered, had like a very negative early encounter with some settlers or something. Or gets yes. hit on the head and is disoriented. Or, like, yeah, there, yeah, a coconut falls from a tree, hits, on, hits her on the head. <laughs> it's, this new world, all, all it seems to have is beets and coconuts. And, I don't, and it's giant straight, bugs. And big bugs. Yeah, and an alien race that we see once and then never again. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, you know, Todd goes, they round up a posse, they go looking for her, they, uh, eventually, what, they eventually catch her, right? And, uh, they, uh, Mads Mikkelsen takes her back to the colony, and he starts to, like, he, he isolates her and tries to explain to her what's going on. You know, he explains what the noise is all about, he explains about the evil aliens, the spackle, who came and killed all their women one day. But uh, filled all the holes in the walls. Yeah. So that was good. <laughs> it does, it does. There was a moment where he, he, just, he refers to the aliens as calling being called the spackle, and I could see him, I could see the struggle there, like, that's a silly thing to have to say. <laughs> But he, he pulled a, it off. He pulled it off. He's amazing. Yeah. An odd name for your potentially menacing alien creatures. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, why are they called that? Well, we never find out. Uh, no. We don't so, find out much about them. No, the so spackle are, are, are an underdefined uh, element in this scenario. I mean, she is immediately suspicious of them. Because <laughs> she's the talking to that, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, she's yeah. talking to Mads Mikkelsen, who is... Look, is fairly scary looking, and uh, you know he. I don't. I think it's funny that he was in Death Stranding recently, which is basically a game that could have been called Chaos Walking. But mm-hmm. the uh, so, and she's in like a barn surrounded by men who are all shouting with their thoughts. So I could understand why she would be a little nervous. Uh, so of course the mayor leaves his son alone with her. He gets super weird, and then he somehow sets off a device that blows up a bunch of stuff, and she escapes. And overhears uh, Mads Mikkelsen's real plan, which is, of course, wait for a new ship of colonists to arrive, bonk them all on the head with coconuts, and take their <laughs> shit. Yeah. I mean, I think I think kill them. I don't know that it's just going to be a, a bonking. 
But. I, I mean, they, they don't. They, do they clarify, Elliot? I mean, it's kind of the same thing. So Maybe they uh, don't, but he's, he sees these new colonists as a threat to his power because he seems to have some sort of horrible secret that is, mm-hmm. I, would, I mean, I wouldn't go ahead to say incredibly obvious, but uh-huh. uh, certainly yeah. very obvious. But, yeah. And it makes me wonder, it makes me wonder, and here's, here's an issue, and I assume it's a, this is not to get into uh, some kind of critical gender theory, but mm-hmm. it feels like this story is built around a very old-fashioned structure of there's a young guy, he encounters someone from the outside, and that opens his eyes to the problems of the place that he's living in, when I don't know why you don't just tell the story about Disney, Daisy Ridley. Like, I don't know why you don't just make her the hero of this story, because she's the one who's totally out of her element to, and would not have a reason to have suspected these secrets before. Like, I don't, I don't know why we're still holding on to this old-fashioned framework yes. of you need a young guy to be your entry point into this story. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, not, not much of a spoiler, because we are going to talk about the whole damn movie. But, like, this movie, in so much as it has something on its mind, seems to have on its <laughs> mind, like, the male capacity for violence... Um, the way that uh, the idea of being a man, you know, gets equated to uh, being violent because, like, mm-hmm. like uh, that song you know, in Mulan, Tom Holland keeps telling himself in his noise, like, you know, be a man, be a man, be brave, be a mm-hmm. man, like, and that is linked to uh, Mads being like a man needs to kill sometimes, you know, and him learning, like, no, killing everything is not the answer. Like, uh, that you should not look on this as, I don't, I don't know, like, to, 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 to argue that, like, what we hold as masculine is toxic, uh, to put it in the language of our time. And, um, and so maybe they thought that they need to center a man learning that lesson and maybe, like, uh, a Trojan horse that message in for maybe men who are looking for, uh, an adventure story, but it does seem a little weird. Like, I mean, the story at this time seems a little weird for the reason of, yeah, like, should the guy be the main hero? And also, like, it is so tied to the idea of gender being a binary that it opens up problems yeah. that it does not address at all. But Well, that's a whole other issue. But yeah. it's it feels like it's the, the Margaret Atwood quote that you see all the time where it says, men are afraid women will laugh at them women are afraid men will kill them that is like it's this is is kind of like yeah men are afraid women will laugh at them women are afraid men will kill them the movie like that's yeah. kind of like it's yeah. it's like someone took that quote and was like i better build a movie around that and uh they did a lot it. of somehow they did it and they did so, and they made it happen I, I couldn't make this damn ridley walker joke work anyway i can't figure <laughs> it out but they were able to make yeah. a movie out of this quote so I mean, if you can make a boy out of pencils then pencils can take they some leaves a, i don't remember they make a boy out of space. pencils I think mm-hmm. you might be misremembering what happened in that movie. Uh, uh, <laughs> and, and speaking like, of boys, if you can make pe- if you can make butter out of peanuts, then maybe we can make <laughs> a peanut out of butter balls. I don't know. And, and speaking of peanuts and balls, let's talk about a beet farm. That's right. Yeah. That's the farm that Todd lives at, and uh, Daisy Ridley's character, who we later learn is named Viola, has yeah. hidden out in his barn. There's she's a lot of talk made... about beets in this movie. I've heard this 12th, one. Uh-huh. Do you think that's a Twelfth Night reference? The fact that she's named Viola. Yeah, maybe. I think it is. Or, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, I, I haven't heard this much about Beats since the Doug TV show. Oh, man, you got nice. it. You got I'm it. sorry I interrupted that. That's a, thank you. Well, that was a joke from my generation, the Nicktoons generation. Anyway, continue. Gen Z, do not apply to that joke. Yeah. Don't oh, worry wow. about it. Uh-huh. Uh, they'll probably reboot it. Um, 
so uh, they decide, and Todd decides to protect her. Uh, he informs his two dads that uh, he is, uh, that, you know, that she's there because he can't hide any information because all his thoughts are writ out in the sky. Um, so they, uh, his father, his father played by Damien Bashir, Ben, uh, explains that he, the, uh, that the, they got to get her out of there and he has to go with her. And their only choice is to go to a place called Far Branch, which has, uh, there's some like dark mystery tied in there where he can't reveal that he's from, uh, Prentice Town, uh, which turns out Prentice Town's pretty shitty. I think we, we can all agree Prentice Town. It just yeah. turns out that Prentice Town is, has a bad reputation because they kill, because they're terrible. <laughs> Because they're, they're terrible, terrible. And they killed a lot of people. They take <laughs> baths with their clothes on, and they've never taken a hot one before. <laughs> like, and and uh, they're not very. They're not, maybe maybe Todd is not the best example of this. They're not very uh, uh, observant because there's a, there's a part where, and this shows to me that they did not. They weren't paying super close attention to the to the writing when they cast the movie afterward, or not rewriting the movie for the cast. Because he when he finally hears Viola talk, he goes, "Her voice is high." Kind of nice. And I was like, she has a deeper voice than you. I know. Like, like, I wrote that in my notes. <laughs> it was, it bothered me so much because it was like, this is probably a line. Maybe it's in the original book and it's carried through all this time. And nobody at any point was like, you know, Tom Holland's voice is higher than, than Daisy Ridley's. Like, we, we should probably do you, change do that Do you think line. they suggested it to Tom Holland? He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, oh, do you mean I should start talking like this throughout the movie? Oh, it's just me, a friendly neighborhood and they're like, Yeah, and they're like, we've already shot half the movie with his high voice. We can't do this now. But there must um, be, there's an alternate cut that's on the DVD of him being like, hey, oh, let me let me take you to Far Branch. Uh, so before they can leave, uh, the, the, the the Town posse shows up, and they have to escape in a hail of blaster fire. Uh... His father, Killian, is killed by evil Nick Jonas, but they get out of there. <laughs> They're chased by other guys on horses. And uh, the first, another cardinal sin of the movie, they he rides his horse off a cliff and his horse breaks his leg and he has to kill it. And it sucks. Yeah. It yeah. sucks. Movie, you suck. I was like, what is this, The Revenant? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, Todd and Viola form- I mean, Stuart, I hope you know they didn't really kill a horse making the movie, I'm sure. No, I, I, I mean, I checked the credits, and it didn't say... They said they didn't kill a horse, so okay. I got to assume. It didn't say you know. they dedicated to the memory of Sparkles or anything like <laughs> yeah. that. Uh-huh. The horse's name was Whiskey. Um, so they form... Uh, <laughs> Todd, and, uh, Todd and Viola form kind of an uneasy alliance because they, they got to get to Far Branch so she can... Uh, call out to like the ship that her shuttle came from and yeah, tell them say, not to arrive. Feet, Watch so out, fail me around. <laughs> Turn, Turn around. Just, just yeah, pick me, me up out first. Of here. I'm a pick celebrity. Me. Get me out of here. She says. <laughs> yeah. I was in Star Wars. Uh huh. And uh, and but she can't go on her own because Todd. The only map Todd has is his memory of a map, and I'm like. I don't remember. I'm, I have a pretty good spatial memory, and I couldn't remember a map perfectly, but whatever. So we get like a bunch of scenes of questing. You know, they're like walking around different areas. We find out that it doesn't really ever get dark there. They go through swamps. You get the check- classic scene of the of the man stripping off his clothes to like jump in some water and her like looking at him and then looking away and then looking at him again, just like in Pacific Rim, basically. Uh-huh. Uh, or, like in lots that, of that, or like that X-Men comic where uh, Jubilee and Boom Boom see Wolverine naked and then they like lose their shit. <laughs> 
I don't think I've read that one. Was that it's crazy. No, used? it was a real comic. Like okay. Wolverine's meditate. I've talked about this on the podcast before. Longtime <laughs> fans are going to be like just quoting this verbatim. But mm-hmm. Wolverine is doing like you know like a nude meditation thing because he's you know like a badass. And yeah. uh, Boom Boom and, and Jubilee go to grab him because I don't know they have to go have a meeting or something. That's what the X Men do. And so Wolverine like gets up and walks past them, and there is a panel of both Jubilee and Boom Boom like looking down at Wolverine's naked body as he walks past, and then like a shot of them like sw- like with like sweat bubbles shooting out of their head. Yeah, they do. They do the, the anime horny face with their eyes crossed. <laughs> exactly. And everything. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, it real comic canon. Somebody somebody's gonna somebody will. Email you the panels, Dan. And Great, you'll, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I'll add it, I'll add it to my files. Yeah. I'll put it in my filing cabinet. Add it print, to your Wolverine print it thirst files. Yeah. Yeah. Print it off. <laughs> Wolverine, comma, girls thirsting over. Yeah, put, put it, tag it, and then print it out, put it on your wall, put a piece of red yarn between that and, uh, I don't know. And walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So they we have a lot of uh you know they have a lot of chatting about who the real aliens are, humans or the spackle. We l- we learn a little bit about Viola's background, about how she's been on this colonist shift her whole life. She's never seen rain before. This planet sucks. Uh that did her we parents mention, are dead. Did we mention already that uh that Mads Mikkels the story at at Prentice Town is always that the spackle killed all the women in the town. The, that oh, yeah, the spackle, that's important. That, that when, yeah. when Tom Holland was a baby, the spackle arrived and killed all the women in town, including his mom. And all he remembers is a song she sang to him when he was a, when he was a wee bab. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But he can conjure that image up whenever he wants, so it's basically yeah. like she's still alive, right? I, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, you, I'm like, I know how kids' memory works and my memory of being a child work. He is remembering the story his dad told him about that song. There's mm-hmm. no way his memory is yeah. that clear from when he's yeah. like a, a little Well, especially because he's remembering it from a... From like, another outside vantage point. point outside of, yes. Like, rather than, like, maybe fuzzy images of, like, blurry mom face. Yeah, like, yeah. his memory would be his dad's face telling him the story, and maybe his dad would be conjuring some shit at the same time. So, so maybe, actually, cool. you know what? That's what it is. It's a memory of seeing his dad remembering it from his head. We Guys, we mm-hmm. fixed the plot hole. It's not a plot hole. We He's remembering... It. We spackled what, that one up. He's remembering his dad's noise. Yeah, call it. Don't call the spackle. We did it already. We don't. We, we don't need them to fill that one in. Uh, and there's a moment where Tom Holland is obviously infatuated with uh, Daisy Ridley's character, and he even has like an imaginary makeout session with her, which is creepy and would be creepy if that happened. So I, don't, I think don't. It, and I mean, it, don't I give the way, me the noise power. No, I think the, I think the way the movie handles it is I don't like uh, that. There's a it's kind of a fake out where. She kisses him. I don't think him. the movie handles that wrong. I don't. Well, they, they. She kisses him, and then we learn that it was actually a noise image. But the way he does it is not creepy. He's a young guy. Who, like young yeah. guys have those thoughts. It's not like he is. He's not creeping on her. And the movie is making it clear like that's an embarrassing thought for someone to see. Yes. So I don't think it was. It wasn't that creepy. You know. I mean, I'm just creepy in the sense that I think all teenage boys are creepy, and to imagine yes. seeing all well, their thoughts also, would be horrifying. Uh, yeah. Well, that's that, the, the purpose. And the purpose of the. I mean, the point of the movie is men's thoughts are horrifying, and we shouldn't see them ever. Yes, yeah. Exactly. That is. <laughs> that is the uh, mission statement of the film. The, I mean, the, and why do why do thesis. I got to see it in a movie? I had a whole season or so of Herman's Head to watch. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, the four people in Herman's Head. There was lust, mm-hmm. someone else, another uh-huh. thing, and I don't mm-hmm. remember what the other thing was. Uh, yeah. There's there the was big like a slob. nerdy guy. There was a big slobby party guy. Was there a lady? There's like the hippie yep. lady, and then there's one other. 
and, one that I forget. And, uh, Maybe and more Yardley like Smith a was not in the head. Yardley Smith was a was the secretary where he worked, right? I believe that is true. I believe okay. that. I guess I'm going to have to go back and review Herman's head. Dan's I don't really gonna remember get, it that Dan's going to get more emails uh, after this episode yeah. because of that. So they, they head, comma, Herman's. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> they, find a, uh, they find a spackle village, uh, and they try to avoid it, and then they, of course, get a, uh, attacked by a spackle dude who kind of looks like... Uh, Kind of like a gray, like a tall, muscular gray alien, but like all, like, I don't know, like oily? And it's only got one arm. And it's only got one arm, but I don't know his whole story. Maybe they all have only one arm, or maybe he, like... It looks like it was maybe, you know, they in a, in a, in a conflict between the Spackle and these colonists uh, yeah, maybe. lost. Maybe. I I, you kind of have to read that into it. It's, it's another one of these things, I remember like with Cowboys and Aliens, where it was like, this is an intelligent sentient alien being but because it is not human it wears no clothes and looks like a monster and yeah. acts like a monster you know yeah. doesn't doesn't attempt to communicate doesn't even, doesn't move or or act like it's thinking you know it's just but it does have but it does have the noise around its head uh and it seems like it seems put off by the fact that daisy ridley's character does not have the noise yeah because uh, at first he starts beating the crap out of tom holland and then tom holland starts knifing it uh, and it's pretty brutal. Um, and then Daisy Viola convinces him to not kill the Spackle, who then just leaves. And then that story's done. Uh, but he learned that, it's, you know, you can't just kill everything, which is a very important lesson to learn if you're running around with a fucking knife. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, shortly after, they find another settlement. That's right. We get to Far, uh, Far Branch, and it's way nicer. Like, they have all kinds of animals. It's yeah, clean. around, playing music. It's great. There's men and women and mm-hmm. kids. It, it looks much nicer. The mayor uh, is course, a woman, which really throws off Tom. Yeah, played by Cynthia Revo. She's great. And then, of course, Ray McKinnon shows up, and I'm like, that's what this movie needed. It's like a Western. Ray McKinnon's in every fucking Western now, right? <laughs> yeah. It is very much like a Western, I mean, which makes sense because it is a movie about colonists. And I, would ju- I just want to, you know, in the interest of saying some things I liked about the movie, I I think that the mo- the look of the movie I enjoyed. it. Doug Lyman, I think, in general, is good at providing something with a stylish look without being aggressive about it, without being, like, stylish in quotes where uh-huh. it, it all has to be assaultive. Like, this alien world looks different enough to seem like, you know, it's uh, another, like, yeah. unpleasant to live in for humans planet, but it is basically also just a physical space that you that looks not unlike earth Earth, it just looks like a frontier somewhere yeah and i i liked that i would say the only real design misstep is the the aliens themselves which are are as you said very bland yeah but everything else like i like the like the mixture of high high tech low tech stuff uh and and there's some pretty shots like it's like i like pretty wilderness shots Yeah. yeah it's i mean it's hard not to it's hard to look at greenery and forests and not and not find it pleasant, you know. It feels and it feels tactile. It doesn't feel like it's all on a green screen. They yeah. do a good job with the design of it looking like a place where people with technology showed up and then had to make do either with what they had brought with them or building new things that they didn't have all the resources yeah. for. And like it looks like a place that started with technology and has had to fill in the gaps of what and they the, didn't have. And the know? amount of work for the visual artists to be going in there and adding those like the noise to every man in a shot. Like that's a lo- that's very impressive. That's yeah, they did it. I mean the, it is and it is so much, you know, I don't think the movie's totally successful, but they do so much it's so much more worthwhile the work they're putting it in than in the Aquaman movie per se where they must have had 
hundreds, if not thousands of hours of digital artists making their hair and capes look yep. like they were waving in water. Yeah. And I was like, this is a real, this is a real waste of, I mean, I'm glad people got paid to do this work, but this uh -huh. is a real waste of effort when this whole movie could have been set on land just as easily, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but instead everyone's yeah. hair had to be constantly waving. I, I would argue, I would argue the premise of an Aquaman movie. Being I, mean, I guess what I'm land. saying is I'm questioning. What are they going to call him, Landlord? I guess I'm, you know, I, I'm questioning the premise of making an Aquaman movie in the first place. I guess that's sure, what it really sure. comes down to. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's see. I just so and they, I wanted to mention that Stuart, yes, uh, Ray McKinnon does have to be in every western now. Yeah. It's called the Lucascu Doctrine. There's one actor mm -hmm. who has to be in every western during a period. Lucascu was that for an earlier era, and now it's Ray McKinnon. And I can't wait to see who it is next. Yeah. So, uh, despite uh, Todd is allowed to stay, even though he's from Prentice Town, uh, but he's not really accepted. You know, there's uh, some grumbling, uh, but he is not hung on sight. Uh, but they can't contact the ship from Far Branch because they uh, they dismantled all their far range communication uh, equipment. So they are informed by uh, the mayor that they have to go on to another settlement. That's right. There's more settlements on this t on this planet. They have to go to a place called Haven. Uh, which they should be able to uh, contact the ship from there. Uh, we get a little bit of downtime. Uh, Viola reads Todd's mom's journal to him, which real reveals mm. the tragedy of Prentice Town. We find out what really happened. Who wants to? Elliot, I think you're champing at the bit here to tell us what actually happened at Prentice Town. Uh, what actually happened was uh, Mads Mikkelsen and David Aiello uh, riled up the men, and because uh, for their reasons that uh, to they riled up the men and convinced them to kill all the women. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen because he was ashamed of the things that people of women seeing the way he thinks and David Oyelowo because he's the kind of poorly characterized religious zealot who only thinks in terms of fire and brimstone all the time like his I, thoughts I, are constantly like a martyr is needed blood for the sin fire I, and it's like does he never think like I have to use the bathroom I'm is hungry from, now is he from now, a Resident Evil video game what's going <laughs> on I will say that like I yes he's he's a he as a character, he is a mystery until sort of like his final scene. Like, I think he snapped into focus for me a little bit more later where like, you know, part of the thing with the, the noise is he like could not distinguish it from the voice of God. Like, mm -hmm. and he could hear the voices of the men. The women had no voices. So he says, like, oh, like, you know, to him, they had no souls. And it's a case of, like, I think we're meant to believe that because of the shame of women being able to keep their secrets and men's horrible thoughts on display all the time, like, the, 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 the madness of society breaking down and the difficulty of this hard scrabble, like, colonist life, like turned him towards, uh, you know, even greater zealotry. Uh, no, but I think it's like I would buy that character if he was an outcast from the village because he is so yeah. off-putting and so insane that he yes. should be Rorschach, basically. He should be someone who is yeah. on the fringes of this community. But he seemed, But everyone kind of like, even though they're kind of afraid and annoyed by him, he seems to hold a, still a, a level of authority in the village that yeah. he's not dismissed. And it was well, like, I don't, I don't buy that character being nonstop religious violence in his mind that he is shouting at the world and everyone just being like, oh, preacher. Yeah, preacher, what should we do? Okay, preacher, yeah, you lead the way. Yeah, there's definitely know? times where he's, like, leading groups of men and it doesn't... Like, I, you get the feeling, obviously, from the Todd character that, he, I mean, he mentions multiple times that nobody nobody needs a preacher anymore. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like, and obviously, uh, Mads Mikkelsen seems to keep him at arm's length. But I, I, I agree with you, Elliot. I wonder if the idea is maybe that he was at one point more useful to Mads in like sort of keeping his power, and they were now they're bound together by like sort of the sin of what yeah. they did, killing all these women. I don't think we actually got into the fact before, or at least we didn't dwell on it that. Uh, uh, the the thing that makes the mayor special is he can control his noise very well. Like yeah. he cannot let you know he does not let people into his thoughts, and he seems to have sort of mastered it enough that he kind of can control other men's thoughts. Like his thoughts yeah. are so strong that they can overpower others. Mm-hmm. And there, he's like, he's like that, the shadow. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, he's and there's a hint that he recognizes in Todd that same level of ability like yeah. Todd does early in the movie Todd gets Nick Jonas to, to back off by imagining a giant snake lunging at Nick Jonas and it's so real that Nick Jonas gets out of the way and Todd and Mads is like good good use of your noise Todd and it's like the it's a terrible wow. Mads that's not a good impression no, uh, no, I apologize man. Mr. Mickelson Gotham but, uh, City will be proud of you <laughs> oh, oh Batman it's me Mads Mickelson also a vampire but the, this, the uh, well this is my design I but, don't know uh, why, yeah why is he revealing the fact that he's a vampire Maybe yeah, because it's uh, uh, anti-vampire weapons. And I'd like to play against the type. People think of me as just a great actor, but I'm also a vampire. But, uh, <laughs> okay. And people don't know that, and explains why I don't go out during the day very much. But uh, this is Elliot's demo reel to be a guest <laughs> on what we do in the shadows. Yeah, yeah, to be on what we do in the shadows as the Jewish vampire trying to uh, trying to hide the fact that he's Jewish, but it keeps coming out. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, he's uh, so he has got that, but. He's got this, uh, yeah, he and Todd are special, and that they're a little bit better at controlling their noise. But Todd is, his leaks out because he's young, and then he just refer- yeah. always goes back to going, I'm Todd Hewitt, I'm Todd Hewitt, T- I'm Todd Hewitt. Yeah, which is uh, a very suspicious thing for him yes. to be thinking. Like, he's <laughs> yes. like, what are you hiding, boy? I'm Todd Hewitt, I'm Todd Hewitt. Hmm, you seem to be saying your name to yourself a lot. <laughs> is something, something wrong? <laughs> Do you forget your name? So before they can head off to Haven, uh, a posse from Prentice Town arrives at Far Branch, uh, and they got their big laser blasters, and they got a bunch of guys, uh, and, the, you know, there's a standoff. But Prentice manages to start convincing the locals to just let him grab the grab uh, Viola, grab the girl. Uh, a guy tries to, to kidnap Viola, but she saves herself. She doesn't need Todd to help her. Uh, and then the two of them sneak off and hide in a barn for a little while. This uh, movie loves hiding in barns. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, Father Ben, who has been forced to come along, is then forced to convince uh, Todd to give over, uh, give up Viola to the mayor. Uh, ben goes out and makes it appear, he uses a, a, a handy illusion to trick mm-hmm. uh, the mayor for a second, uh, giving uh, Todd and Viola enough time to escape, but not enough time because the evil preacher chases them. There's a river chase. Uh, Manchi yeah. the dog, who we have at this point come to love, uh, yeah. is uh, joins them on a riverboat, and then uh, in the in the scuffle, unlike a little rowboat, th- it's not like a, yeah. it's not like a paddle wheel riverboat. They're not riverboat <laughs> yeah. gambling. It's not Maverick. <laughs> oh man, but they were. <laughs> oh, I changed my up. name to Mark Twain. <laughs> it's like we're on we're on the run. We gotta hide our noise. Noise. The game's Pharaoh, boys and girls. <laughs> Sit down. Take a look, oh, well, please. Well, belly oh, up to man. the table. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. Uh, unfortunately, that doesn't happen, which would be great. Nope, the worst thing in the world happens. The evil preacher uh, slowly kills this dog that we love, and mm-hmm. it sucks, and I do not like it. 
Okay, so uh, then they escape, and uh, they find uh, they find the generation ship, this massive ship that the original colonists came on. It's uh, crashed and like half buried in the earth. And Daisy Ridley's like, huh, "Leave it to me. I'm an expert at exploring old ships." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they reminds me of Jakku, and then asterisk. <laughs> this is a reference to a character she played in a different movie. Uh, so they find the long stand, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's uh, that's uh, synergistic Stan. So they find a long-range comm unit, but they need to reconnect the antenna. So of course they need somebody to do some climbing. And Tom Holland's like, "Hey, that's my expertise." <laughs> I'm, so I'm a character who climbs a lot in another movie. <laughs> yeah. So he climbs around like a they're, spider. They're both like, they're both that's like a what, what, what I was referencing. They're like, "What skills do we each have in Disney-owned IP? We'll use both of them in this scene." <laughs> yeah. So they uh, he climbs up there and reconnects the comm unit. Meanwhile, the posse from Prentice Town show up and surround the the crashed ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the yeah, uh, Prentice starts <laughs> uh, starts trying to coax uh, Todd out uh, by threatening his father Ben, who has been beaten and dragged along. Uh, and the preacher sneaks aboard the ship and starts attacking uh, Viola. Um, but then uh, Viola uses some of her fancy equipment and totally roasts him. Hooray! Yeah. But and also this is the scene where like I I found this honestly kind of interesting because you can you can hear his noise and it's clear that like whether or not it's conscious thought or or like his like the truth sort of like coming out from his brain but like he knows that killing all the women was an evil deed that like that he did this horrible thing and he wants her to kill him yeah, he's like, attacking her not to kill her but so that she will be forced to kill him too yeah. as as a as a form of repentance or penance you know yeah and mm-hmm. yeah and as the as the mom's the papa said uh you know the preacher likes the cold and this preacher probably does because he burns to death so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. oh yeah that's a little easter out. i'll put another yep. piece of yarn from <laughs> yeah so if you can print the, walking over to the mamas and the papas california you, dreaming print out the california dreaming i guess single cover and put that with, with with yarn attach that too yeah uh and outside the ship we got uh todd confronts prentice uh father ben gets shot and killed uh todd gets shot uh and then the, the fight there's a lot of like conjuring illusions it's very mysterio versus spider-man uh yeah. everyone is using their illusion yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One and two. Two illusions <laughs> at a time. Uh, and they you would almost call this a civil war. The opening track on Use Your Illusion yeah. 2. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, if you don't so, use your illusion, you'll lose your illusion. So that's yeah, the problem. That's true. Uh, then yeah. you have a spaghetti incident. <laughs> <laughs> Chinese democracy? <laughs> so, uh, no, that's all lies. Um, okay, so the... Uh, so you're, say, it, you're saying that using the noise, they both have an appetite for distraction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's uh, going to confuse well, someone so much uh-huh. who has no... <laughs> <laughs> versing. I mean, if, if they're not familiar with GNR, then they can they can figure it out themselves. You know. Yeah. I mean, we talk about the the music video from November Rain like every other episode, <laughs> right? Lot. And that <laughs> fucking dude who dies through the cake. What's going on? <laughs> he hates cakes. He He's done they, that. He does that them. at every wedding. You know he that thought, guy does yeah, that. Yeah, that's before. His th- They're like, don't invite him. He's gonna dive through the cake. Like, he, he, I promise, I won't do it this time. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, like, I'm, bring like, out the first, bring out the decoy cake, so he'll dive through it. Then we'll bring out the real cake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have sadly, to fight him. Sadly, He's my brother. He, 
Yeah, sadly he died while diving through a king cake, and the baby cut right through his body. Oh, that's what, what happened was the little baby figurine just split him in half like uh, like uh, who, who, who's, who, who's, whose racer hat is that in Mortal Kombat? Uh, uh, Kung Lao? Kung Lao, yes. Or like the thumb from uh, Takeshi Kitano's character from Johnny Mnemonic. Depending sure, sure. on what reference is better for you. <laughs> for this, which, which reference will better get the across the idea of a guy diving through a cake and a tiny baby figurine cutting him in two? A monomolecular <laughs> tiny baby slicing a man in half as he dives through a cake. Yeah. In a New Orleans-themed wedding. <laughs> <laughs> when it's raining. Yep. Okay. So, uh, Todd conjures uh, a Greek chorus of women berating Prentice, and then Viola shows up, uh, the real one shows up, and blasts him with a pipe and knocks him down a hole. The end. The ship arrives. The posse runs off. Todd wakes up from his injuries, climbs out of his back to tank. He's on her ship. And the new colonists are going to stay. Movie over. I did it. Perfect score for Stuart. And one, you did a great oh, okay. job. And one thing I want to mention is that the movie does not have them kiss at the end. At the yeah, end, which there's, is, still that, there's still that kind of hint of like, mm, maybe they like each other now, but it does not go all the way to have them suddenly be in love after several stressful days together, which I really that appreciated. Was yeah. Very not, yeah, that was a good choice by the movie. Like, who knows, maybe, but who cares on the other hand. And then, mm-hmm. Stuart, do you want to summarize the 10 minutes of end credits that follow? Uh, I wasn't paying that. Cl- I was just. I mean, I was paying attention, but I wasn't paying that close attention because I was just, I just looking again for that. The no horses were. I mean, you injured. could summarize just, them by a bunch of word uh, words went by. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just, it's just I one of those things. That. I was like, okay, there's still some of this movie left, right? And it cut to black, and that, and I was like, I just saw, could see on the timeline on the screen that there was a lot. There were ten minutes left, and I was like, wow, that's a lot of credits. They, I mean, but that's the visual artist well, working on the noise. Movie. I guess it was a big movie. Huh? And there was a ton of reshoots, so I would imagine. That were spread out over because they and it was shot on location. They was shot in a lot of the reshoots were done in Atlanta too. So I imagine a lot of different people got a crack at this thing. Yeah, that's true. So guys, Mm -hmm. final judgments: Is this a good bad movie, a bad bad movie, or a movie you kind of like? I this is a tough one, and I'm gonna get a little controversial here. Mm -hmm. I kind of like the movie. Okay, we talked about it. There's a lot of flaws. There are even more flaws the more we talk about it. Uh, I think the biggest problem with it is like it is a potentially very interesting idea that has been flattened out into like a pretty standard YA screenplay. And I am very curious what the Charlie Kaufman version of it was before this version came out. But mm-hmm. it has like Mads Mikkelsen is great. The stars, like the roles they're playing, not particularly deep, but Daisy Ridley and Tom Holland are extremely charismatic people, and it was fun to watch them. I liked the look of the movie, and I liked that it like tried to have some ideas and tried to be saying something about something. I mean, it's but, the book. The novels won a shitload of awards. Yeah, I just think it's you know it it, it, it but it is like it does feel like it could be kind of a mid level sci-fi series as much as like a film i don't know i don't i i i marginally enjoyed it just because i think it looked kind of neat and was easy went went down easier than i expected but i wouldn't recommend it necessarily for anyone yeah i i don't think it was i think it was neither good bad nor full out bad bad but it is very it feels very generic to me it feel it feels like they did take they have they were like what's the 
what's the like one gimmick of this thing? And now, like you're saying, they just kind of got compressed into the same kind of old structure that you've seen in a lot of movies and you kind of know where it's going all the time. And it even, it looks very like the way it's shot looks very hunger gamesy at times. And like, it, it's a, it was the movie where I was constantly waiting for the moment where it was going to like surprise me in some way. And so like, it didn't strike me as bad, but it is, I did find it dull because it was, but if, but like, if you haven't seen a lot of these movies, then, then go ahead. You know, if you've seen a lot of these movies, then you're going to be every beat of the way, you're going to kind of know what's going to happen. But maybe this is, you've never seen a movie before. Go ahead. Watch chaos walking. I don't know. It'll surprise <laughs> you. It's going to blow your mind. If you've never yeah. seen a movie before. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I mean, it's, I feel like, I don't know. I guess when it, when it actually started moving, like, obviously I've already mentioned, there's a few things that the movie does that I, I could not, I don't enjoy at all. Uh, yeah. Involving animal death. Um, you don't enjoy seeing dogs drowned. Exactly. I don't okay, enjoy that. Fair. That's so, fair. Yeah. yeah, we can disagree. No, I don't like um, it either. So, <laughs> good save. The mm-hmm. um, so I feel like once the movie gets going, uh, and I had to take fewer notes, I found it to be more enjoyable because I was actually kind of just watching the movie and stuff was happening. And it's like it's the locations are beautiful and the performances aren't bad, uh, and I like at least some of the design decisions. But like that first chunk is the, is fucking the labor that goes into trying to explain the setup. When I feel like yeah. you guys hit it on the head when you were saying that like if you focused on the Daisy Ridley character at the start and you saw it through her eyes, like her perspective is so much more understandable. Yeah. So if you just ex- if you ex- if you showed that through her, it would make way it would make way more sense and it would feel a lot more fleet. But I mean. Uh, and I don't know if it's just because I'm like thirsting for like weirder sci-fi, like something like Raised by Wolves, where uh, this feels just kind of bland. Uh, maybe, maybe my maybe my taste buds have been so desensitized by stranger offerings, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and also it's like you you well with this many talented people on it, you want you're expecting something that's more than just kind of like the same old, you know. And it feels very same old to me. That, that yeah. I think it's. I think there's a there's a version of this movie here. This is going to be this is our new this is our new, this is our new segment movie MD where we're gonna we're gonna fix it. We're gonna doctor up this movie. I think because I know that it is a lot of people grow up in systems where they don't recognize the the sin inherent in the system or the things being the, the lies being told to them until they're older because you only know what you grew up with. There's a I feel like uh, like uh, every generation has this uh, has this moment where they're like, hey, wait a minute, like capitalism's not good for most people. And then the next generation has to figure that out again because it's so baked yeah. into the way we live. But the uh, Tom, but it is so obviously the town is so obviously sinister that yeah. for Todd not to recognize it is <laughs> ridiculous for the audience to buy. Not to, and it's it's like in real life I would buy it in a movie I, it's hard for me to buy it. And so if there's a way, version of this movie I think starts with Daisy on the ship and they're talking about how great this place is going to be that they've been journeying to for decades. She talks in the movie about how. My grandparents got on the ship, and my parents, and I was born on the ship, and they told me we're leaving for a better life, and they're telling her how great this place is going to be. It's basically, this is the American tale version of it, I guess. And she crash lands on it. She does not know what the noise is. She's being confronted by guys whose thoughts are screaming at her all the time, and she's got to figure it out. And she kind of, like, has to team up with this kid who's, like, well-meaning but kind of slow when it comes to figuring out what's going on around him, you know, who's just kind of oblivious to the to anything outside mm-hmm. of his own head because he's a teen guy. Why are and you pointing at me while you're <laughs> saying that slow I'm just, part? And, and maybe he's painting miniatures a lot. I don't know. Maybe he's got yeah. a cat named Muscles. But anyway, so... And, uh, and, Sounds uh, cute. <laughs> the, 
like that's a version of the movie that I think would be more interesting, but it's just not the version of the story that they're telling here. Instead, they go on a more, in yeah. a more traditional path, you know. Mm-hmm. So I guess I didn't I didn't come up with a it's yeah it doesn't really fit our categories it, there's elements that I kind of like but also you know uh, uh what I, I guess it would be a bad bad movie so was chaos walking chaos watching no <laughs> or are hmm. we chaos balking at the uh, prospect of recommending it uh, I mean we are chaos balking I, I don't know Dan, why you're asking Dan, that question give us, already... Dan give us a chaos walking pun or play on chaos words. stumbling. Okay, yeah, Boom. that's your review title. Well, took, that was our... Took, that was, took an hour, but we got there. <laughs> Great, I mean, yeah. I had it before. I just didn't think it was worth saying. <laughs> yeah, guys, let's just end our, our regular segment, Chaos Talking, where we talk about the movie Chaos Walking and move on to the next segment. I'm going first. It's me, Jackie Kasian. Man, she's always this bossy. Uh, <laughs> hi. I'm Lori Kilmartin. Uh, we're a bunch of stand-up comics, and uh, we've been doing comedy like 60 years total, <laughs> both of us, but we look amazing. And, uh, out. We drop every Monday on Max Fun, and it's called The Jackie Laurie Show, and you could listen to it and learn about comedy and learn about anger management and all the things. And Jackie is married but childless, and I'm unmarried but childful. So together, we make <laughs> one complete woman. Is that just what that one's going to end? Yeah. <laughs> and we try to make Kyle laugh just like that and say, oh, my God, every episode. It's a good job. The Jackie and Lori Show, Mondays, only on Maximum Fun. We are the host of My Brother, My Brother, and Me, and now, nearly 10 years into our podcast, the secret can be revealed. All the clues are in place, and the world's greatest treasure hunt can now begin. Embedded in each episode of My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a micro-clue that will lead you to 14 precious gemstones all around this big, beautiful blue world of ours. So start coming through the episodes. Uh, let's say starting at episode 101 on. Yeah, the early episodes are pretty problematic, so there's no clues in those episodes no no not at all the better ones the good ones clues ahoy listen to every episode repeatedly in sequence laugh if you must but mainly get all the great clues my brother my brother me it's an advice show kind of but a treasure hunt mainly anywhere you find podcasts or treasure maps my brother my brother me the hunt is on the next segment is a quick word from squarespace one of our sponsors for this episode, with Squarespace, you can create a beautiful website, put your cool idea into a nice site everyone can see on the internet. You can blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, and much, much more. And Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers Everything optimized for mobile right out of the box. A new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions and free and secure hosting. So go to squarespace.com slash flop for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code flop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
So, Dan, I had an idea for a website, and I was wondering if Squarespace might be able to help me with it. <laughs> what a pregnant pause right there. <laughs> I think they, they might. Okay, now, uh, we saw the movie Chaos Walking. We know that there's a problem guys are having where people can hear their thoughts, and it's called the noise. It's a problem that we're all having these days. Everybody's going through it. Uh, at the same time, uh, look, kids need toys, and we don't want to make them out of plastic anymore. We want to make them out of biodegradable materials. So I wanted to start a website where we could hire people with noise problems and harness their ability to come up with new ideas to then design toys to be made out of more biodegradable organic products. And so that's my website, www.noiseboysoytoys.com, would be your place to get toys made of soy, made by boys dealing with noise. Now, you know, I know what Sparks once said, noisy boys are happy boys. So who better to design the soy toys that our kids need than noise boys? So noiseboyssoytoys.com is your place to buy soy-based toys made by boys dealing with noise. We're giving them something to do to take their mind off of the noise. Uh, and we're making better toys out of soy. So Dan, you think Squarespace will be able to help me with this website? Now, keep in mind, I don't have the company yet, but I want to set up the site so it's ready when I finally I'm, get the ability to make toys I out think, of soy. I think, I think they will. Elliot, you uh, you broke up a little bit. I think you said something about Sparks. Did you say something about Sparks? I did. I said that. I'm going to uh, see that uh, Edgar Wright documentary on uh, on Friday. Um, I'm very oh, excited. I think I'm going to be seeing it this weekend, too. It's the movie I'm most looking forward to this year. But yeah, because Sparks, as you know from their, uh, from their album, Terminal Drive, uh, on the song Noisy Boys, they say noisy boys are happy boys. So who better to design the toys of tomorrow out of soy than boys with noise? That's NoisyBoysToyToys.com. Oh, uh, you know, thinking about it, uh, this, this podcast is uh, coming out on my birthday, so I'd just like to extend to you the chance to say happy birthday uh-huh. to me, guys, if, if you wanted to. You but know, it's just, not your you know, birthday when we're recording this. We're no, not... but it's the, the podcast is coming out on my birthday, so maybe... Yeah, I mean, I... I... I'm I'm gonna do it, Elliot. I'll I'll do it. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay so, uh, happy birthday. Thank uh, you. Happy birthday, Dan. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. Hey, Dan. Happy birthday when this is released, but not oh, while wow. recording it. <laughs> I appreciate. Keep, it. Keeps a foot on base there. I like it. Yeah. Stuart, <laughs> Stuart, I think you have another. Message I have another. From a sponsor. I have a word from another sponsor. That's so, right. Dan. Was was that an ad for your birthday? Yeah, that, that, was, just, that was a little yeah. plug for my birthday. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, just drop the drop the cash app uh, after the episode. Yeah, Jordan, put that birthday noise sound effect in here. I was sort of hoping nobody'd even remember my birthday. <laughs> I don't is know that what like it a, is. is that like a Spoiler. noise make like a noise maker? Is it yeah. the whole song? <laughs> Who knows? <clears throat> so, uh, hey everybody, uh, support for the Flophouse is brought to you by Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped is dedicated to being the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, and Manscaped just launched their new fourth-generation trimmer, uh, the Lawnmower 4.0. And, oh boy, I've been making some use. I'm sure Dan's going to be updating the Flophouse Insta with all kinds of pics. No. Um, but, <laughs> no. So, mm-hmm. uh, Yep, it's going to happen. It is a sleek, well-designed, and optimized trimmer. Uh, it makes uh, shaving time uh, much easier. Uh, having used a variety of different trimmers over the years, uh, this one is by far the best I've used. There is some interesting topography down there, and mm. I have found it to be very... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Non-Euclidean <laughs> geog- geography. Geometry, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah. Geographies. Uh, Non-Euclidean geography, too. One. That works, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, I, I can't stress enough, there's also the, the area that I'm, sh- I'm shaving, 
Because uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to talk Please about my experience about with it. it. The area that I'm shaving. Uh the when I'm shaving, I don't have a lot of natural light going on down there. Uh-huh. There's a lot okay. of shade being uh, cast. You don't have you don't I, have a, you don't have a ring light. You can I don't think over? a lot of people have a lot of natural light around their <laughs> genitals, Stuart. I think. <laughs> Wait, do you, Dan, are you saying the sun doesn't shine out of your ass? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So uh, one of the great uh, features of this new trimmer is that there's uh, a built-in uh, LED spotlight, which I can't stress enough is very very useful. Um, okay. And it also has a travel lock so that yeah. uh, your trimmer doesn't just turn on in your bag when you're traveling around with your trimmer. That would and be waste all your precious bat. I don't care about the embarrassment. I just don't want to waste all my precious juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why don't you uh, clean yourself up? You deserve it. You deserve yeah. it. It's great. Uh, with, a, uh, with a Manscaped trimmer today to make the, your me time the best time. Yeah. So, I... I Oh, Dan, oh, have you been no, using I just want to say, without going, without going into too much uh, detail, uh-huh. I have, uh, in general, avoided doing uh, too much trimming in the past just because I find it ends up being tremendously itchy. And I have oh, not okay. had that issue with this product. So I assume it's some sort of miracle design that uh, keeps you from, from itching. That's it. Hey, no. Uh, it's all good info. So uh, you can get 20% off and free shipping by using the code FLOP over at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with your uh, and free shipping at manscaped.com using code FLOP. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And Elliot, I think you have a Jumbotron. I do. I've got a Jumbotron. Here we go. Fake Presidents, a podcast that looks at fictional U.S. presidents from pop culture to see just how much fiction there really is, hosted by a former political consultant and a former speechwriter who do like talking politics. They just don't like talking actual current politics. In other words, it's for Flophouse listeners who wish Elliot would share even more presidential trivia while deconstructing the politics of films like Dave, Air Force One, and, of course, Machete Kills. Just look for Fake Presidents wherever you get podcasts. We're the only show with that title. I'm glad that they pointed that out. That's very helpful. Uh, sounds <laughs> like a fun podcast to me. I'm looking forward to checking it out. Um, so let us return to the uh, non-sponsor-related uh, <clears throat> portions of our show with everyone's favorite segment is what I'm going to claim is true. Letters. A, oh, okay. That's a big claim. A big, uh-huh. big, big claim. claim. It's, yeah. It's a probably untrue, but... Probably. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this first letter. You're hedging it. Okay. This first letter. Yeah, I made a bold claim and then I immediately just backed decided. off. Yeah. Yeah. This is from Juniper, last name withheld. Love the name. And this uh, goes, Howdy, Peaches. Hey. I was just taking a listen to one of the episodes in your bat- backlog mm-hmm. where Dan Wait, said that. What if it was a bat log, though, and it was Batman's bat backlog? Or just a mm-hmm. log Batman likes sitting on and thinking. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. He has it on his utility belt. Very hard to walk around with a, a log on his belt, but <laughs> mm-hmm. he does but it. But when he, he gets his best ideas sitting on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I was just taking a listen to one of the episodes in your backlog oh. where Dan said that Stuart was yammering like a yam. I immediately had a laughing fit at my desk that lasted for at least a full minute, I assume complete with laughter aftershocks or laughter shocks. Still hurts to hear it. <laughs> Uh, when I thought about it in the car hours later, and even when I write this letter, my question to you three is this. What is the most simply inane line or moment in media that sent you into such an ep- episode of disproportionate laughter? 
Keep it yammy. Yours always, Juniper. So, an inane line that sent you into hysterics. Juniper Yammy sounds like the name of a character from that, was it an Amazon show or Netflix show where it was like a murder mystery among fairies and elves? What was that show called? Uh, Carnival Row. Carnival Row, yeah. Juniper Yammy. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this isn't exactly uh, an inane line, but I think but I said, I think on the podcast, I've said it on Twitter, the biggest laugh that a movie got out of me in 2020 was the moment in Mank when he said, I'm 43 years old. And, yeah. I, and, it was, and I went, what? <laughs> and it was, and seeing my wife's reaction to that line, it was hilarious. But I will say the other big, my big laugh line of 2021 is Rebecca Hall saying, Kong bows to no one. In, in uh, Godzilla mm-hmm. vs. Kong, because it's just a very silly line. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, just for like, like a, I don't know if I would call it a, an A line, but just the constant mentioning of uh, official couples in Barb and Star is the funniest thing <laughs> that is, I've heard in 2021. extremely funny. But then I, I would say for like an inane line, there's that line, I mentioned it before, but that line in fucking Tenet, where after having the reality that playing around with all this time shenanigans could lead to the destruction of the universe, that beautiful giraffe turned into a woman like uh, Last Unicorn Elizabeth Debicki leans back and says, including my son. Yeah. <laughs> it was so fucking silly because it's like, okay. yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> so if we're talking about bad inane lines, then similarly, I, I think that in Ready Player One where he's, upset that the villain has killed his mom's sister rather than just saying his aunt uh is a pretty good one but uh well that's that's like the, the line in the in the happening where uh john leguizamo goes i'm on a train going to the town of princeton which is like <laughs> if these people live on the east coast they know princeton's a town like i don't know why you had to explain that the, the train doesn't stop at the college is that what you're telling me but yeah uh but in terms of like more like deliberately inane, like uh, a funny line that is that I am shocked at how funny I find it just because it's so stupid. I always go back to the classic look around you where they just go, thanks, ants, thanks, <laughs> which is, you know, just an encapsulation, I think, of uh, the Flophouse's ethos yep. when it yeah. comes to words. Uh, yeah, is that so. you me- mush them around. Yep. Yeah. You mush them around in your mouth when they <clears> come out different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so this uh, second and final letter is a uh, oh, it's a lot of wordplay as well. Uh, this is from Josie, last name withheld. Josie N T Pussycats, yeah. Mm-hmm. Josie writes: Just wanted to say that a group of my eighth grade students is reading Dune for a student-led book group. I told them about the Doonies and McDonald's menu items, <laughs> and they got inspired. <laughs> Here are some of their ideas. Uh, Fremenems, chocolate-coated oh, nice. bite-sized yeah. candies. Uh, Binet and Jesserit spice cream on a harcone. Mm-hmm. That's uh-huh. good. The problem with the problem with Benemems is it's full of pee. You got a uh, Junior's mintats or Fremenems. Yeah. Uh, pumpkin spice latte. Mm-hmm. And thopter with cheese. So. <laughs> yeah, I think somebody on Twitter already. I think somebody on Twitter already uh, mentioned the Gurney Haddock. Yeah. I think Josie got on Twitter, and, and, and I think it was maybe them who, t- who tweeted uh, some extra ones after. But this was the, yes, this is the mother load of, <laughs> of I love Dune that thanks items. to the internet, thanks to the internet, we can reach out and connect with people who are also 
amused by the idea of Dune-themed menu items at a fast food restaurant. That's the power <laughs> of the internet. It almost makes the destruction of democracy worth it, that, uh, that the internet <laughs> has made such a thing possible. So thank you, Tim Berners-Lee. Is that who, who I should be giving thanks to for that? I guess. I guess. But hey, there's one more segment on the Flophouse, and that's where we recommend movies. This is the, if this was a centipede, if the show's a centipede, this would be the butt segment. It's the, the last butt one. segment. Yeah. My favorite Cause, uh, segment. Because a normal centipede is made up of three segments. <laughs> one yep. of them is the it's called segment. butt It's called a butt, the head, and letters. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, somebody's, somebody's been watching Wild Kratts, the PBS animal show. <laughs> the centipede has three segments, head, letters, and butt. <laughs> Thanks, centipedes. What if we had a centipedes. centipede's letter powers? What if? Anyway, it's a show my kids watch a lot of. Okay. So uh, I would like to recommend. So I had the first uh, in-person hang with some vaccinated uh, friends to watch a movie. Um, in, the, in the world? Yours was the uh, first one? What? Did they well, no, the first one. Not the first of everyone. The first time oh, oh, since that you did. quarantine that I got Dan, together with but a Dan, group. did they show you their vaccination cards or their Excelsior pass? Uh, I, guess they, I guess they did not. But I am, okay. I am vaccinated. Okay, so they're sure. just taking their lives into their own heads, okay, hands sure. if they're not. Uh, but uh, they, they all claim to be vaccinated. And we watched... Um, the movie Polyester, the John Waters mm. film from 1981. Uh, our friend Kevin, who was hosting it, had found enough Odorama cards for all of us to scratch and sniff at the appropriate times during the movie. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, they instruct you wow. at different times during Polyester. I remember <laughs> watching that movie on TV when I was too young to really fully understand what the movie was doing. And the part where they're explaining Odorama in the beginning, I was like, what? <laughs> like, what am I? I don't have this. Was I supposed to get this? I don't understand. Should I stop the movie? Should I scratch the, the TV screen? What happened? Should I just smell the things that are around me at the moment? <laughs> but um, I thought I found it so funny. I've, I've, prior to that, I had only seen um, John Waters movies from Hairspray onward. I, and the more mainstream, not, the squarer John Waters movies. Yes. And I've still not seen any of the truly transgressive ones i guess but polyester is kind of a in-between movie and uh i found it so so funny uh it is kind of in the form of a parody of like a, a douglas cirque style melodrama uh a, a woman's picture a weepy of the 40s or 50s but it also is just kind of <laughs> an all-out assault on <laughs> suburban life and it was funny to me. I was thinking about it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you watch a movie from Hollywood that sort of takes down suburbia or whatever, and it feels sort of gross and smug because it's like, you know, at some level, this is the wealthy, uh, you know, like making fun of this in their satire. Whereas. It, watching polyester you know it comes from this like very like obviously queer kind of punk energy like we may have affection for what we're satires satirizing but we're also extending a middle finger at so-called like polite society that would exclude us and make us feel lesser and so like even though it's a very mean movie in that way and the way it like really makes fun of everyone it is full of joy because it's like you know like fuck you guys for 
like yeah. making us uh, outsiders, and uh, it was really, really, really funny and a lot of fun. <clears throat> that's a great, and that's a great like movie hang, like first movie hang back. Yeah, yeah, it's fun for the family. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that's a bit of a qualified recommendation, but I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I watched uh, the new movie, I guess directorial debut, I think, uh, of uh, Simon Barrett. He's known for writing the screenplays for The Guest and Your Next, uh, both movies that I hold in pretty high regard. Uh, and his new movie is called Seance. It takes place in a like a high-end uh, girls' boarding school, uh, and it it has uh, you know it it's a bit of a ghost story. It also borrows a lot from like Giallo, uh, which I find like more and more that I love movies that are more uh, that are inspired by Giallo as opposed to actual Giallo. But you know that's something I'm gonna have to take up with my therapist. Um, so, so, uh, yeah, it's, I don't want to talk about it too much cause there's, uh, like there's a mystery involved, but it's gory and funny and it, uh, you know, like it, it looks interesting and the music's good. Uh, it's, it's fairly light, but I, uh, you know, I, I like that kind of thing every once in a while. So seance. Uh, I'm going to recommend a movie that. Hey, if people have been listening to these episodes in order, they can probably guess what country it came from and what film movement it was which, a result which of. Which wave was it? Was it the old wave? It was not a. If you're was guessing, it the, which, how was it how, the stew wave? If you're guessing, it was an old wave. You're wrong. It was the opposite. How of big that. is this wave? Because it seems like this wave has been crashing for a while uh, on the, the shores I mean, of Elliot the, uh, Beach. To be so, this is as new listeners will not know that this is the Czech New Wave that I've been going with through the Criterion Channel's Czech New Wave uh, collection, which is a fair number of movies, uh, and mm. I had seen probably about a third of them, and not a lot. Of, it's like an eighteen movie collection or something like that, and I'd seen like a third of them. So I'm almost done with them. There's only one that's, more. After that's the more one than twice now. as many. That's more than twice as many Saw movies. Yes, it is. It's <laughs> it's two Fast and Furiouses basically of movies, uh, and in in a more metaphorical sense, it's it's worth many many many. Oh, more it, Saw it's movies. worth billions of Saw movies. Yes, uh, and so I we're we're gonna be surely reaching the end soon of my check new wave recommendations. I have one today. I have another one I'd like to recommend in the future. There's only two movies left for me to watch in the in the series. I've started one, and there's just another one left. So, unfortunately, we're going to be bidding a fond farewell to the Czech New Wave in probably another couple episodes. But today, I want to recommend another one. Uh, this is the movie The Joke. It's directed by Jeremiel Yeres, uh, and it stars uh, the actor Joseph Sommer, who is was is all who plays a supporting role in my favorite Czech New Wave movie, Closely Watched Trains, which is one of my favorite movies. And I would recommend if you've never seen a Czech New Wave movie then I highly recommend Closely Watch Trains or Fireman's Ball, I guess. Or maybe Intimate Lighting. No, Closely Watch Trains or Fireman's Ball. Those are the ones I recommend if you start with. But if you've seen those, why not try it? The Joke. It's the story of a man who, uh, while he was a college student, it was still during the kind of Stalinist era. And after making a sarcastic reference to Trotsky on a postcard, he is kicked out of the Communist Party, kicked out of college, and sent essentially to decades of being in the worst unit in the army, and then a labor camp. And now he is uh, a man basically in middle age who has decided he's going to get revenge on the guy who presented the motion to kick him out of the party in college by having an affair with that man's wife. And things do not work out the way he thinks they're going to. Uh, and there are parts of it that are really funny and parts of it that are just kind of strange. But by the end of it, I thought there was a certain feeling of like um, the futility of revenge and also just how 
once you once in, if you're in a system that stamps you as an outcast, young, you can never really fully shake that branding. Even after other people have stopped treating you that way, you can't shake it from yourself, you know. And I thought it was a really good. So it's called The Joke. If you have a Criterion channel, it's on there. Uh, you might also find it elsewhere. But it's yet another Czech New Wave movie. Gotta love those Czech New Wave. As, as it was like the, advertised— like the- the bargain bin of a like a, a rest stop or something you could probably yeah yeah find if it, you're right? if you're if you stop at like a, yeah rest stop on the highway you look in the DVDs available you'll probably find find the joke in there uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, from yeah, 1969 you know, it's, it's based on a Milan Kundera novel it's in the yeah. check new wave section at the yeah it's probably yeah. on one of those you know discs that has a couple different movies on it's got me myself Irene and Irene and uh, like, yeah yeah you know, and Hunt October and yeah. this yeah. yeah. And uh, so it, I'm just going to remind people of the original slogan of the Czech New Wave when it was first being brought to the United States in the late 60s. Check, 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 check this new wave. So that used to play on the radio and on television. Uh, oh, wow. So go ahead and check this new wave film, The Joke. Thank you. <laughs> wow, stuck okay. the landing. I didn't know you could do it, but you did it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And thanks to our listeners. Thank you to Maximum Fun. Mm-hmm. Go to MaximumFun.org to check out all of the other shows on uh, the Maximum Fun podcast network. Uh, the network that we are a part of provides us with uh, great support. I'm sure you'll love other shows there. Uh, maybe something like Fanti, which is also edited by Jordan Cowling, our editor and producer. Best uh, in the biz, Jordan yeah. Cowling. Yeah, be and in the B, best in the biz. Thank you to her. Uh, but for now, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. That's right. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Czech New Wave fan, Elliot Kalin. Hey, keep flopping and keep checking. Bye. Oh boy, someone's got something in mind. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, who put a nickel on me? Mm, we'll have some chaos walking today. Oh, vielleicht. Is this chaos? <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.